The Jewish Museum Milwaukee immerses visitors with its latest exhibit, Jews in Space. And well, the exhibit is exactly what you think it would be about. Space, exploration, and the groundbreaking Jewish impact to understand the universe. This is Uniquely Milwaukee. It's everything you love about community stories, but more in depth. Giving the stories the time and attention they deserve. Changing perspective one episode at a time. I'm your host, Salam Fatayed, and this is Uniquely Milwaukee. Stories that stick with you. Jews in Space opens with a connection of astronomy and Judaism, because religion is a way to understand the world around us. Jews use the lunar calendar, which is based on the monthly cycles of the moon phases, and this method helps Jewish folks determine when holidays fall into place. So it's fair to say astronomy is a fundamental component to Jewish practice. For this section, the museum features historical samples in Hebrew and Yiddish that date back to the 18th century. But the connection doesn't end there. In fact, the exhibit has an extensive timeline of the significant contributions, events, and individuals highlighted. Wilhelm Beer, who was a Prussian Jewish industrialist and philanthropist who published the first exact map and description of the moon with another astronomer. Molly Dubin, Jewish Museum Milwaukee's curator, is speaking. Some of the, you know, Nobel Prize winning individuals, including Albert Einstein, who received a prize for physics. We look at Isaac Asimov, the incredible sci-fi writer who so many have read and have explored his huge body of work to here we have the Sputnik 5, the, uh, the dogs Strelka and Belka, who became the first living beings to survive a trip into space. We look at some of these sci-fi fusions in terms of television and pop culture. Of course, the original series of Star Trek, which premiered in 1966 and featured William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy among a very intentionally diverse cast which was really important and pioneering at the time when you think about the fact that you're really heading into the height of the civil rights movement and the fact that they're exploring themes of looking to a utopian society in the future that is free of some of the you know, prejudices and divisiveness that our world experiences. So I think that is really interesting. And, and we do touch on the fact that the very famous Vulcan salute, Live Long and Prosper, is inspired by a Jewish prayer. So Leonard Nimoy was born and raised in Boston, and he has talked about this, or had in several interviews, that as a boy he remembers going to a service and seeing this symbol being cast out over the congregation, and that was the inspiration. That's fascinating. Jews in Space covered a lot of ground, highlighting Jewish astronauts, innovators, sci-fi writers that have made an impact on science. And museums are a great portal to discover things that you've never learned about before. In my case, I walked out that day learning about David Wolfe, the first American astronaut who voted from space, thanks to legislation in Texas that was signed into law in 1997. Wolf voted in a local Texas election while he was more than 200 miles above Earth on a Russian space station, Mir. In an interview with The Atlantic, he recalled how he felt. 
Wolf said, I voted alone up in space, very alone. The only English speaker up there. And it was nice to have an English ballot, something from America. It made me feel closer to the earth and like the people on earth actually cared about me up there. The Jewish Museum Milwaukee is all about community experiences. Therefore, they opened the preview of the exhibit with a costume party. Jews in space, members of the tribe in orbit. My colleague Nate Imig headed over to get his own taste of space, see a few costumes, and maybe win a game of trivia. Here's the duo, Hannah, Sam, and Brittany, who all interpreted their space costumes differently. What are your costumes here? Um, I'm a Forest Service Ranger, an intergalactic Forest Service Ranger. So, Very you know, got to protect the skies and, you know, prevent those forest fires. Right. So. You came with a shovel? That's, That's a right, nice you know, got to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you? Um, I'm a 20s flapper, which could actually be from any of the Star Trek series, from the original series through Enterprise, through Voyager, I'm, I'm Deep Space Nine. They all have a 20s-themed uh, holodeck or, you know, traveling back in time episode. So uh, See, it works. That's a versatile, versatile costume. What about you? You've got a little dinosaur going on here? You got a dinosaur with you? Sam is a Gorn. Gorn? What's a Gorn? I don't think Gorn I know. Is a, is the is the lizard guy that fights Spa, uh, or Kirk in the original series. Ah, it's all making sense. It's nice. We got a Gorn and we got a 20s flapper. Very good. The costume party had a lot of Star Trek fans in the house. And my personal favorite costume of the night had to be from Rob, who was dressed as an enzyme who has never lived past the first commercial. If you don't know what that means, Rob is here to tell you. All Star Trek fans know that um, because I'm wearing a red shirt, I'm dressed as security in Star Trek, I'm wearing a red shirt, and the red the red shirt guys don't don't really make it. Like, are they they run into trouble? So that's why I'm wearing a bandage, and I've got um, a bandaid on my cheek. And I just, I'm, I'm just trying to be a little bit more careful tonight because I'm wearing a red shirt. Yeah. So that first commercial break, we got to delay that as much as we can, right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't kill off Captain Kirk. You need him in the next episode. So somebody has to go to show the aliens are a threat. So it's usually the guy standing next to him and he always would wear a red shirt. And so it became a thing. Coming up next, I touch back with Molly and learn how space exploration has Milwaukee roots and how you can travel around space here in the city. Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the Honor System. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. Jews in Space takes us on our journey from early astronomy to Star Trek, but this exhibit was first featured in Baltimore and then traveled to other cities. I asked Molly why Jewish Museum Milwaukee was interested in covering the topic of space for their museum. Well, I think the topic is so fascinating and, you know, it's interesting that we're doing this at a time when NASA and the U.S. has been looking to get back to the moon and to, you know, be at a time where Artemis is making some of its test paths and looking to furthering our knowledge of the moon and its landscape, that is a fascinating connection. I think, too, to be able to highlight some of these wonderful astronauts and individuals, as I mentioned earlier, coming up on you know, the election, being able to feature David Wolf, 
who knew how important it was to vote to the point that he did it from space. Um, but also at a time when we're seeing many more women in STEM fields to be able to highlight some of these incredible accomplishments and these women that have just done so much to, to further research and space exploration. So all of those things. Milwaukee also has local resources for space observation, from the UWM Planetarium to the Daniel M. Soraf Dome Theater. But Molly revealed some neat niche Milwaukee history around a Milwaukee Astronomical Society. This was really interesting to find out in New Berlin, the Milwaukee Astronomical Society has a center there that was actually formed, the group was formed in 1932 during the Great Depression. So, and they started out looking to the sky in this teeny backyard of, of a woman in the community. But these are just some of, of the venues that enable people to go and, and see what is out there in the final frontier. One thing that this exhibit has done differently is featuring a geodome portal from Milwaukee-based company Illuminati. And they create virtual reality immersive environments. When I visited the museum, I was glued to this to the point where I had to mentally pull myself away. But it allows you to experience the universe with NASA footage teleporting you to our solar system. And this extra addition to the museum really allows one to sit and take pause and understand the complexity of space while creating an unforgettable experience. Beyond that, the Jewish Museum Milwaukee worked with Illuminati to create a storyboard that explores a few narratives of some of the Jewish astronauts. We have learned that we are the first museum in the United States to feature in a museum um, an interactive, immersive environment like this with open space that is a user-driven experience. So, that's an amazing first to have here at the Jewish Museum Milwaukee that connects us from our backyard to the farthest reaches of the galaxy. During my tour with the exhibit, Jews in Space, a question came up. What would you bring with you to space? And I couldn't really answer it. I mean, what you need to take are items that are needed for survival, necessities, food, water, clothes to keep you warm. But I, but I kept thinking about that, you know, throughout the week. And I think I narrowed it down. I would bring a journal to collect my thoughts and maybe in this big abyss, I would finally have the time to write. I would bring photographs of my family, my friends and my dog and some recent favorite tunes of mine for comfort and a possible zero gravity dance party. What would you bring with you? I'm your host, Salam Fatayer. Thank you to Nate Imig, our executive producer. Kenny Perez, our audio engineer. Thank you for our marketing team led by Sarah Lar. Graphics on our wonderful logo was made by Aaron Bagada. And Dan Ryder handles our social media accounts. And a big special thank you to our city-loving members for making Uniquely Milwaukee possible. Tune in next Monday for our next episode.